generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. The word says that Jesus cried with tears unto him that was able to deliver him from death. Unto him that was able to deliver him from death. Unto him. been thinking about it but pray pray Lord this week this week this week God your word says you've not called the house of Jacob to seek you in vain we cannot seek you and have nothing to show for it we cannot seek you oh God and have nothing to show beside you. Congratulations. Now what this is what I mean. If you have a human being, is the human being at a higher life form than the gorilla? Some of you are not even very convinced. Higher life form, human beings? Who's more intelligent? Generally speaking, the sophistication of the thoughts, right? <laughs> right? Now, between the gorilla Orangutan, all these people, the people thinks beans and dogs. Who's more intelligent? The gorilla. Okay. Between the goat, the <laughs> dog, dog and the goat. The dog, right? Because it can train a dog to jump. And are you following what I'm saying? Now, between the goat and fish, the goat. <laughs> Between fish and amoeba. Now, what does that mean? That the higher the life form, the more intelligent. Are, are you getting this? And the more sophisticated the systems they build. Now, which one is a higher life form? The life in your body or the life in your spirit? That means the systems that your spirit operates in are more intelligent. And more complex. Are you following this? So when the word says, I have not seen, ear hath not, it has not entered into the hearts of anyone. What it is that God is God, human, or spirit. John 4 24, God is, and they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. And it said that that spirit God has created spirit things for spirit man. So the way for man to access the things of the spirit is through his spirit man to access the things of the spirit by the spirit of God. So here's the deal. Whilst looking not at the things that you can see with your eyes, but looking at the things that cannot be seen with the natural eyes, things that can be seen with the spirit. Why? Because the things that can be seen in this realm are temporary but things that cannot be seen are eternal God's promise is more eternal than your problem the redemption plan is superior to your experience in sin God is more experiencing forgiving than you are at sinning oh, some of y'all didn't get that it's called the ancient of days it's been, it's been on this redemption thing before you knew in dead one Glory to God. Isaiah 40. Here's what it says. From, where do we start from? Your CV. This Isaiah written part of God's CV. Verse 10 says, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand. Are you aware that God is so merciful and so good? Are you aware of that? But do you know that sometimes because you're merciful and good and you're loving, you deal with certain things with a strong hand. Are you following this? The Bible says 
that God, because of a sovereignty, and you know, one of the things that we have to rediscover in the new, uh, in our generation, not just New Testament, in our generation of believers, is the sovereignty of God. Yeah. That God can do and God can choose, I decide not to do. God can do and God can choose not to do. Are you aware of that? So the formula of faith declaration affirmation is subject to his sovereignty. What I mean by that is that you can say to God, God, your word says, God, this, that, and the other, and God will still say, I'm not doing it now. It's in the Bible. The book of Hebrews, Jesus, the word says concerning Jesus, that in the days of his flesh, he lifted up his voice with agony, crying bitter tears unto the one that was able to save him from death. But he did not save him from death because death was part of his life. So y'all didn't get that. There's some things God is not going to save you from. He's going to keep you through. Because there's a generational thing of name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. I want it, I hunt it. And sometimes God holds that back so that he stops you from covetousness. And also teaches you how to trust. Because trust means even if I don't get what I want when I want it, because you have gotten me, I get you getting me. Are you following the now? The fact that I don't get what I want when I want it. But I know that you have gotten me. You have captured my heart. Right? I get that. I don't get what you're doing, but I get you doing it. I don't get what you're doing, but if it's you doing it, I get you. So in the days of his flesh, the Bible says it, unto the one that was able to deliver him from death, and God didn't deliver him from death, but God raised him from dead, from the dead. It says it deals with a strong hand. Another example in the book of Romans 9, Paul was speaking, and it said that it was God that hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Think about that. This is not very pleasant preaching, right? So no. What I'm trying to say to you is that whatever you know about God right now, God has the right to operate outside of that context. (laughs) Are you getting this? Paul is a great revelator. He does not say, well, it was the devil that now hardened the heart of Pharaoh. He didn't debunk that said it was God. Paul was a revelator. He could have said, you know, it's actually the devil that sort of like, it was the devil. No, he said it was God. Yes, sir. And he quoted something. He said, the clay can never say to the porter, what are you doing with me? Now, don't, don't get scared. So like, ha, maybe God is hiding in my heart. Don't get scared. <laughs> that was an exceptional case. Very, very exceptional. And if you try to rationalize, you might not get to the roots of it. But the point I'm trying to extract from that is, God has the right to operate outside of the box yes, sir. of your intelligence yes, sir. or your discovery yes, sir. or your revelation. Yes, Why? Your revelation is progressive. Yes, it is not exhaustive. Yes, I need somebody to get this. Somebody say revelation, revelation. is progressive. progressive. It's not exhaustive. Paul was a great revelator, 1 Corinthians, that's what does it say? We know in part. We prophesy in part. But when the fullness of his revelation dawns on, on us, Peter puts it, puts it this way, until the day start dawns in your heart. So it's progressive. It's progressive. So God dealt with a strong hand. Can I just announce to somebody... That there are certain situations in your life where the Lord will manifest himself with a strong hand. Concerning certain things that need to happen, need to be accelerated. Let me show you in in the Old Testament. Jacob had fought this manifestation of the divine all night. Stubborn guy. Resistant. Some people argue it's an epiphany. That is Jesus Christ. Some people argue it's an epiphany. It's an angel. Some people argue that it's who Jacob was supposed to be. Whatever it is, the divine, divinely sent being. Right? 
has wrestling, wrestling. And I'll say an angel, say, you know what? This thing is, is lasting all night. What does he do? He dislocates his heap. He's dealing with a strong hand. May the Lord deal with a strong hand. Deal with everything in your life that needs quick acceleration with a strong hand. With a strong hand. He says, his arm shall rule for him. And it's never out of weakness, it's out of love. Let me give you an example of what a strong hand is. You know, you want to inject maybe your, your child, not you, take the person to the clinic. You want to inoculate the child and all of that. Now, have you ever seen any child that would just say, poke me, poke me. What did they do? The fight, the wriggle, they, the try hard. So what does the mother go? And eh, let him be. Is that what happens? What does the mother do? He locks him down to take the jab. For the mother's good or the baby's good. God doesn't mind locking you down for you to take the jab you need. But when I talk about the jab, don't think about he jab. But the, <laughs> his hand shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd, verse 11. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Who has, verse 12, who has measured the waters. Oh my goodness. The Indian Ocean, the Red Sea, the River Niger. Odo Awoyaya. What's the name of the stream close to your street? What's it called? It's the Yabasira stream. He says he has measured it, not just contained it, but he knows the volumetric flow of all the bodies of water in the world. He said he has measured it where? In the hollow of his hands. All the oceans, all the seas, all the rivers, all the lakes, all the streams, all the fountains, all the waters. God knows exactly how many drops there are in this world. God is fully conversant. In other words, if you ask God, how many liters of water do you have in the Indian Ocean? He's not going to need to check his computer. He already knows. Is somebody knowing what getting what I'm saying? If you ask God how many mountains are there, he already knows. In other words, what men research are made plain before God. The results of your computation are facts before him. He said he has measured heaven with his span. Somebody do like this. It's so that we've been taught that God lives in heaven. God lives in heaven. God lives in heaven. <laughs> In a sense. But if he's measured the heavens with his hand, can he live inside the heavens? Follow me here. Can he? He's measured with a span. This is a span, right? Do you remember that? Arithmetic? Can he live there? He is greater than the heavens. The Bible says that he was exalted above the heavens that he might feel everything with the fullness of himself. In other words, when you even say heaven is so great and heaven is where God lives, God is saying I'm greater than my house because nothing can house me. You've got to understand the God you're serving is not somebody who's looking for a job. He never went for NYC. He's not wearing khaki, but he can give you the khaki. Because sometimes we feel like God is just one accomplished man who made money in the 80s. And maybe he can have mercy on us. We don't say, but that's the disposition. God has been running things before anybody came on the show. He's bigger than every political system. It's bigger than democracy. It's bigger than monarchy. It's bigger than oligarchy. It's bigger than capitalism. Come on, it's bigger than every imperialism. It's bigger than every system of human structure and government and governance. It's bigger than the capital hill. The cattle on the thousand hills belong to him. It's bigger than the White House. 
is bigger than the black house, the green house, the blue house. It's bigger than every house. The God you are serving is not trying to make ends meet or trying to find his feet. He is God. He is great. He is big. He is mighty. He is amazing. He is incalculable. He is immeasurable. He is enduring. He is faithful. He is everlasting. He is overcomer. He is winner. He is champion. He is mountain mover. He is valley exalter. He is the one who measures the speed of the river as the rod, the length of the blades of grass as the shoot. He knows how many angels there are. He knows the weight of the sun. He knows how incandescent the light around you is. And if God cares enough about inanimate things that have no souls, that have no eternal destination, can you imagine how caring he is to you? How concerned he is to you? That he knows every boyfriend you have that you ought not to have had, but it said in spite of what they did to you, I will still work it together for your good because your mistakes are inferior to my counsel. I will use your mistakes in my counsel. Your mistakes will not cancel what I ordain concerning you. What I ordain concerning you will cancel your mistakes. If you don't believe this, it's okay to do nothing. But can I get somebody who knows the greatness of God and the ability of God and the power of God and the capacity of God to open up their mouths and just shout a shout of praise and appreciation and adoration and victory unto God who is able to do that passage says that he weighs the mountains that passage says that he weighs the mountains in a scale he weighs the mountains my goodness verse 12 and the hills in a balance who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has taught him with whom did he take counsel and who instructed him verse 15 says behold the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as small dust on the scales and then it continues and continues and continues the nations are a drop in his bucket that means God is carrying things if God is big enough to carry the nations your life is too small for him not to carry you if someone is saying Jamie please could you stand if I can carry Jamie can I not carry Ronel look at somebody say you're not that big to overwhelm God you're not so big that you overwhelm God I stop praying because I, I want to stop disturbing God in my problems So God has a lot to skitter into. That's because in your mind, you think that God's capacity is just maybe a hundred times greater than yours. So in your mind, you're thinking if hundred people are praying at the same time, there will be network jam. You don't understand how God is. Do you remember that there was a time the biggest storage capacity of the floppy disk was 512 MB? Who remembers that? Remember those floppy disks? Who remembers floppy? Five, one quarter, three and a half. Some of y'all were not born then, I know that. But if you were a conversant, you were alive and well, night's not a two, night a three. Floppy disk. That everything you can copy every, in this world. 512 MB. The biggest computers then were like one gig, two gig. MS doors. MS doesn't anymore. Right. Biggest. And in our minds, we felt that was great. We felt that was huge. We felt that was the life. But how many of you know that right now you can have eight terabytes on a hard drive? Thousands of times. Now many of you, God's capacity to you is 512 floppy disk. Let me tell you, God is not a disk and it doesn't flop. He knows when to put a hard drive on the car of your life. He knows how to do things you never thought could be done. Whilst you're thinking that God's capacity is this, he is greater than your thoughts about him. He's bigger than your estimation. Let me put it this way. Your mind is not a resource with the wiring that can even contain God, even in the realm of imagination. 
imaginative you are, heaven will still blow your mind. No matter how great your thinking is, and you learn Revit and AutoCAD and 3D simulation and all those kind of things, let me tell you what, no matter what you can come up with, it is like nothing compared to the splendor and to the beauty of God. I believe that there are sounds in heaven that cannot be represented on the tonic sofa or any keyboard. I believe there are colors in heaven that your eyes have not been trained or wired to be able to interpret. I believe there are material things in heaven that you can't even hold or grab. Do you know that just 50 years ago you didn't have certain materials like the stereo foam but guess what as man begins to explore what he has he begins to get into the depths of divine creativity let me also mention to you that God is infinite that is why Jesus did not say I will show you the life or I will show you the way he says I am the way so when you're in a situation you like like there's no way out Jesus is that way out believer can never be dysfunctional or rather can never be obstructed permanently so so number one we said that God is able to save to the uttermost number two we said God is able to raise up number three we said God is able to establish number four God is able to keep God is able to keep if you are not in the first service please listen to the message in the first service as a foundation 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. <laughs> Why am I suffering those things? Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know. Come on, someone, let's read this together. Let's read this together. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to oh mama mama oh la ke subande komaya is there anybody who ever kept something with a friend but when you came back it was nowhere to be found how many of you had people keep stuff for you And they kept it in their stomachs. Anybody? Food keeper. Oh, yeah. They, 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 I'll, I'll share two stories with you. How many of you sometimes, as you walk through life, you feel sort of vulnerable sometimes? Oh, come on, be honest. Raise your hand, wave it like a flag. Sometimes, how many of you feel a little exposed, maybe insecure naturally in your environment? Sometimes how many of you keep stuff with people because you don't trust yourself to keep it yourself? So my very first experience where my trust was damaged in this world, my innocence was tampered with. I'll tell you, strong words, right? Very first experience, my innocence, I was raped emotionally. Emotionally. Primary, sorry. Kindergarten. Must have been, yeah, I must have been four or so. Three or four, something like that. Yeah. Just before primary one. I think I was four because I remember with an innocent mind. <laughs> but they, they upset my innocence. So people were going down the slide. You know the slide? How many of you had went to schools with slides? Like, I don't mean PowerPoint slides. The slide, the playground. No, some of them didn't go to that school. Some of them went to 1010 school. 1010, 1010. So slide. And I had my biscuit in my hand. You know where it's good. So before I got on the slide, one streetwise thief in training girl, taller than me, so, you know, she knows what she's doing. So you want to go on the slide? I say, yes. Let me help you keep. True story. Let me help you keep your biscuit. Innocent mind. No guile. I was a true Israelite in whom there was no guile. So, of course, I gave it to her. Me too. I carried myself. Went on the slide. Phew. 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 
Mama came back. My eyes are doing bye bye because she has said bye bye. I asked her, will she volunteer to keep? Not everybody who holds on to your stuff will keep it for you. How many of you are grateful that God is not that kind of keeper? That when you commit something to the hands of God, he does not run away with it and ask you to figure out the rest of your life. Some of you, your friends, convince you to go into MMM that will keep making money for you, not knowing to keep you from making money. And when he asked them, where's my money from MMM? They said, M, M, M. But God is not that kind of keeper. Paul said, I don't mind suffering for the gospel. I don't mind going through pressure. I don't mind going through difficulty. I don't mind feeling bad when people bring their issues and I have to present them before God. He said, I'm not even ashamed of it. He says, I know whom I have believed. What does that mean? I don't know everybody, but I know whom I have believed. In other words, I don't know everybody's intention, but I know whom I have believed. So yes, they abuse me, but I know whom I have believed and that he is able, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to his hands. Nobody who stole from you will stop what God has for you because you know whom you have believed. What it means is if you believe in him, the salvation he has given to you is not going to evaporate or expire. He's not going to vaporize or disintegrate. It's not going to fall apart or be scattered. The same God that saved you is keeping you all the way to the end. When the enemy attacks you with guilt and shame and innocence and desperation and wickedness and nightmares and voices in your head and footsteps behind you, you will say, I know in whom I've believed and I'm persuaded. Have I got any persuaded person in here? Have I got any persuaded? Hey, come on, look at somebody. Say, I know in whom I've believed. He's able to keep. He's able to keep. Some of you used to live a wayward life. You were here, there, and everywhere. You slept with this one and that one. You slept with two and three and four. For you, you, you gathered with the wrong people and the wrong spirit was there with you. But you got saved and you said to yourself, I'm celibate. I'm not going back into sexuality. I'm not going to sleep with him or her any longer. But the animal whispered to you and say, are you sure you can't keep up with it? But you would tell them it's not the Kardashians. So I don't need to keep up with it. God will keep what's mine. God will hold what's mine. God will keep my sexuality down and under. Somebody said I used to watch pornography and I watched it for years and years but I stopped and now the devil is trying to tempt me to go back. I know in whom I've believed I cannot trust myself but I can trust him. I cannot trust my willpower but I can trust him. I cannot trust my determination but I can trust him. I cannot trust my strong will but I can trust him. My faith is built than nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness. I cannot trust the swiftest gale but holy lean on Jesus name. Let me tell you God will keep you. He will keep you in purity. He will keep you in holiness. He will keep you in uprightness. He will keep you in righteousness. He will keep you in faithfulness. Please help me go to seven people and encourage them. My God will keep you. My God will keep you. God will keep you. Shown God will keep you. VD God will keep you. Oh, Lamede, God will keep you. Aurel Lua, it's great to see you. And God will keep you. You are not going back. You are not going up. Of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout, He will keep it for me. He will keep it. He's able to keep it. As you begin to grow old and you have children, you start getting concerned about your children going to school. God will keep your children. Paul was speaking about the work he had done, the lives he had touched, people who had received the gospel, and was assuring Timothy. Guess what? All this work we're doing is not in vain. But I like the fact that it said, that which I have kept. By extension, that which you keep in God's hands, God will keep it. Because in keeping something well, there are many parameters. One of them is ability. Some people don't have the ability to keep anything. 
Some people have the ability to keep it, but not exactly to remember where they kept it, when they kept it. So, for example, I have my outline on my, uh, my phone. And I like to read the scriptures, even though I can quote many of them, because I want you to read the scriptures. And I read from my phone. But sometimes I drop my phone over here, and I can't remember where I... Do you know the reason God does not need to remember where he kept it? Because God is still where he walked away from. Some of y'all didn't hear that. He is where he was. He is where he is. He will be. That's why I explained earlier that the Old Testament is not a time zone, it's a realm of operation. Because we see the Old Testament, rather New Testament, is not a as a, as not a time space is a realm of oppression so you see the new testament in the old testament in fact we see the new testament before there was any testament a lot of people say the new testament started when jesus christ was crucified died buried resurrected right but the bible says the lamb of god was slain from before the foundations of the earth so moses was giving the israelites law but he was walking in grace You know why? Because the Bible says that he showed Moses his ways. God's ways are ways of grace. That's why I said goodness or grace and mercy shall follow me. Because I'm walking in God's way. So there was grace in the Old Testament. But we only received his fullness in Christ. Because Christ was full of grace and the other prophets who walked closely with God. They were not full of grace but they were carriers of grace. How do I know Moses walked in grace? couple of things but one of them he says if I have found grace in your sight let me see you that I may find grace in your sight how does a man go up in the mountain and fast for 40 days and 40 nights the other person that we see doing that is Jesus so God is able to keep able to keep let me tell another quick story about this when my wife when we got married we got married 2014 and I was living in in London at the time she was supposed to come and join me so we had made plans you know get your passport all of that then apply once we've done the the courts thing you take the certificates of marriage and all of that and then you apply for your visa and all of that so some days to, was it some days to when you're supposed to apply? I think. You, you already had, you already had the visa here because of course you had come and all of that. Okay, all right. So she, had, she already had the visa really. Yeah? <laughs> Very ridiculous story. Yeah, to visa. Yeah. So she had a passport and a very precious family member did you give the person or the person okay so she gave somebody the passport and then because of the passport that person allowed it to pass their port gave it to somebody else you can't become airports wayports i don't port so the gave it to the other person the other person kept it Here's the challenge. The person kept it so well, he kept it from himself. It happens to me. I keep some things so well. In fact, I have another example I could use this morning. It kept it so well that you now keep it amiss. So when it was time for my wife to travel, we're looking everywhere, like everywhere for the passport. Did it drop? Was it stolen? Did this happen? Did that? Do, 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 do. Checked everywhere. Checked the house. Checked like the ceiling. Checked the manhole. Checked the woman hole. Checked everywhere. Checked, checked everywhere. Just checked, checked, checked everything in the place, in the environment. Didn't find it. So eventually, she had to apply for another passport. And the only way she could do it was to go to Abuja within the time span. So she got on the fly. Thank God some other family members had contacts over there within the DO2, got that, but then came all the way back. So we paid to fill the form again, reapply again. 
it was very long and tedious. We ended up spending about maybe 180,000 in total extra. Look at somebody. Say when man keeps, there might be a problem. But when God keeps, not only do we spend about 100, almost 200,000 hours to get all of that, the visa and the passport and the air ticket and all of that, because the passport was delayed, a honeymoon which I had insisted was going to be five-star premium had gone high because we couldn't book the tickets in good time. So we're spending some extra hundreds of thousands because of booking the resort late, booking the, uh, the air, uh, what's it called, air ticket late because we kept it with somebody. Now two years later or so, this precious person now said, ah, I have found your passport. How many of you are grateful that God doesn't give your salvation to your pastor or your priest or your minister to keep because you would have gone to hell? Then two years later, they will say, ah, you are actually saved. You are in the book of life. God punished that devil. God says, I will keep. I will preserve. I will safeguard. In fact, we were so upset, annoyed that we had to laugh. Let me tell you, when man keeps you, there will be complication. But when God keeps you, he will preserve you. He will hold you together. He will keep you unchecked. Look at someone say, can't stop this because God is keeping this. Can't stop this because God is keeping this. God is keeping my salvation. God is keeping my mind. I'm not going to lose my mind because I already committed it to God. I'm not going to lose my life. I already committed it to God. I'm not going to lose my ministry. I already committed it to God. I'm not going to lose my marriage. I already committed it to Go to three people and say hello sis, hello bro. God is keeping you. Keeping you away from evil. Keeping you away from failure. Keeping you away from shame. Keeping you away from depression. Somebody put those hands together and celebrate the keeping power of God. Let me give you this another... This final story, this one today, 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 fresh. Now, I have a gift of keeping things. No, things generally, generally, yeah. I'm a collector's guy. In fact, I've been collecting since I was a child. Whenever they were washing my clothes and they wash more with hands than any, uh, what's, what's that called, washing machine. The washing machine we had in a house was human, uh, human machine. Some of y'all didn't get that. Ah, robotics. Not really. AI. AI. Human. My mother used to say, Tobati, if I relax, buy me for what ra I want to show him. And me. <laughs> it means when you want to chill, catch your breath, just use your hands to rub those clothes. You too, man, just, just, just rub it. And so one of the things I discovered, whenever they were washing my, my shorts, I had all kinds of things in my shorts. Razor blades, nails, bottle tops, plasticine, chewing gum. I just, you know, because God was going to use me to keep many lives, you know, to gather things and people. So he that is faithful in Leto. <laughs> so... But, but so they learned the lesson that when you want to watch, wash Davila's clothes, you first of all pick them out. Empty. So I don't gather those kind of things any longer. How many of you chewed candle wax? Candle wax, just chew it. Chalk, chalk. Any chalk eaters here? Sand, sand. Anybody tried with sand? People love the smell of rain. And dust. <laughs> Tropical. <laughs> Not temperate. But the Bible says, man of God is temperate in all things. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but there's something I still keep now. My phone, my ring, and keys. House keys, car keys, phones. I, where's my phone? That's the first nature. Where's, where's my key? Now, if I find other people's keys, 
even though I'm not Alicia, I've got the keys. I, I grab it. You see, the people here are holy unto the Lord. Ali one? Alicia, keys. I've, I've kept keys so much. There's one time I kept Uche's key. You remember that? I thought it was my key. I, I'm just very responsible, that's all. <laughs> I kept her key. She was looking everywhere. I was like, I said, key. Dad, I'm looking for my key. Must be somewhere around. She went around. I checked. Oh, are you, oh this looks like a key. Someone say strike one. I went to Ibadan to do a job for a bank some months ago. Went to Ibadan. I parents live in Ibadan. So, of course, I mean, I was paid for the job, paid for hotel. But when I have my father's house, who hotel help? Give me the money. Keep it. So I lived in my, my parents' house. I didn't drive. So I drove my mom's car for the event. So I drove the car for, it was a three or four day trading for the bank. So I, I was driving the, the car and all. Now, coming back to Lagos, my mother sent her driver, our official driver, with our official vehicle to bring me to Lagos. They dropped me in Lagos. They went to Ibadan. When I got upstairs, I checked my pockets. The key, my mom's key was with me. The man, somebody said key keeper. The man was already at redemption camp. This morning. <laughs> my in-laws house. I went to their house. I saw a key. I kept it. See, I'm like, God, I keep things. They were looking for the kitchen key for weeks. So they're looking for the key old, looking for the key. I said, Andrew, check well now, check well. Check well. Then one day, when you want to say it, I said, Mark was like, ah, this looks like, it's like, this is the kitchen. The Bible says, I will give him the keys of David. By the way, my grandfather's name is David. Last night after praying and early hours of this morning after praying and all of that, getting ready to sleep and all, because we drove, we went to yesterday and I drove my wife's car. So uh, people are just saying, my pastor must never drive my car. You're going to keep my key in the wrong place. So I drove my wife's car. So I was about to sleep and just shut down everything. I just thought about the key. I said, oh, this key is just lying on the bed. Let me keep it. <laughs> I, and I kept, really, No, I just like to keep stuff. I don't like to take chances. So, so I, kept, I kept the key in my smaller bag. And she was supposed to join us later anyway. So the time I passed, I called her. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. She didn't talk about anything. Okay, fine. Anyway. Now, I can't remember what time it was. Some of you were in first must have, might have noticed that GB came with a message and said she can't find her keys. I didn't need word of night to say you have done it. But how many of you are, uh, you agree that it's better to keep it too much than for you not to keep it at all? God said, I will keep your things with me so that wherever I am, that thing is going to be there. I don't know who I'm talking to, but stop being nervous about dying early. Stop being nervous about losing your marriage, losing your life, losing your ministry, losing this one, losing that. Once you focus your eyes on Jesus, he's going to keep those keys. He will keep everything. And it does not just keep it like me. He keeps it in a way that you will have it when you need it. When your assignment requires it, you will walk in it. How many look for two people and say, he's keeping those keys. Skipping those keys. Skipping those keys. Where have I kept my phone? Number four. Well, in the service, five. In the service, two. And that is able to perform. We're almost there. 
he is able to perform my God Romans 4 17 to 22 <laughs> Romans 4 17 to 22 as this written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed who's speaking God if how you do it can we celebrate if and or amazing Yellow, red, black, and white, they are precious. In the side, yellow, red, black, and white. As, written, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he had believed. God. What does God do? He gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who? contrary to hope or general expectation in hope believe it's talking about now god is dealing with abraham abraham contrary to hope what is the hope when somebody is old what happens their body begins to to wear out uh their skin may begin to sag their physical strength is abated they're not as energetic forceful alert as they used to be it's saying through the dealings of God with Abraham because it was, it was carrying the seed of promise, was carrying the expression of the covenant that God had caught with himself um, and by extension with Abraham. It's saying that Abraham believed in hope against hope. Another one says, whom against hope believed in hope so that he became the father of many nations. Please don't stop hoping because your hope will determine what you will become. Because he hoped against hope, he became the father. So something you are becoming is connected to something you were hoping. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own. Okay. Talk to me, you're reading it. Could it be that considering your body is oftentimes a reflection that you're weak in faith? Your physical frame, your arm of flesh, your natural capacities, your natural ability, your tendencies, your genetic predispositions. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of abraham's sorry sarah's womb thank you he did not waver at the promise of god through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to god and being fully convinced does this sound like what paul said fully persuaded fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to can, can you go to the next slide please what he had promised he was able to perform help me media are you there he was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him as righteousness that God was able to perform Look at somebody say, God is able to perform. Hmm. You're catching your own revelation. God is able to perform. Now, what if they say some people are smiling because they already know that sometimes they say, ah, that man, that man, you know if you do. Some like, I'm so, so like, oh gosh, I'm so innocent, I, I can't. Why are y'all like breaking down in? No, what does it mean? D did you guys do integrated science from JS3? Yeah. You drew certain diagrams, didn't you? Yeah. So why are y'all looking weird? <laughs> Laugh it out. Yeah, yeah. If the same man cannot perform, what are they saying? <laughs> Who said what? He doesn't. 
He cannot, local man cannot can. So he may have the seed, but he cannot. <laughs> he cannot can. <laughs> Look at someone say, God is not like that. God is not a local man, he's a global God. Global God can. Local man cannot can, but God can, recan, uncan. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? There's even a. What he's saying is that God is able to perform. Abraham had weakness in his body. But please never let the weakness of your body become the weakness of your faith. He said that Abraham was not weak in faith. His body was not able to. He had gone past the stage, past the age, and it felt like he was in a cage and was supposed to be full of rage. But guess what? He met the sage that opened a new page. Someone hear what I'm saying now? I didn't plan that, by the way. But guess what? The moment he met that sage who opened a new page, hell went on rampage. But guess what? Has got so much that he said, I'm not sausage. You're not going to eat me up. You're not going to destroy me. Listen to this. Your body can deceive you. Your frame can deceive you. Your environment can deceive you. Every day you wake up with the evidence that you cannot perform. But you must say God is able. Abraham, this is not, see, this is not their telling Abraham, maybe you cannot, but he knew that he could not perform. He knew that this had to be God. In other words, let, let me show you what the Bible says. The Bible says that David, when he was about to die, about to die, they arranged some fine babes for him because they knew that this guy, he likes babe, plenty. So they arranged some fine babes for him and they put the fine babes in his bed and the Bible said that local man could not can't decide this guy is dead in other words he was alive but for David not to stand nothing can come out of this so when a man goes past that stage he knows that it's finished some of you you know that your CV cannot stand you know your experience cannot perform you know your family name nobody knows about it some names ring a bell yours cannot even ring a gong but if you bear the name of Jesus you can walk to do it because God hears your thoughts. He's able to exceed expectations. He says he can do above all that we can ask or think. You can never outthink God's ability. There is nothing as creative, as ingenious as you are, David. You can't be more gifted than God. God, let me give you an idea. Keep your idea to yourself. And say, hi, dear. He says he's able. All that we ask or think. Lord, I'm asking, can you heal my mother? He's able. Lord, can you snatch my father from the grip of alcohol? Even though he is now 72 and he has 50 years experience in liquid drinking. He has 50, 50 years experience. God has 500 billion, gazillion, quadrillion years in delivering. The longest standing problem is still inferior to God's ability to deliver God I've had this pain in my ear who's that person who has some pain or discomfort around their ear anybody like that here sorry anybody like that I saw something like an ear kind of thing Lord will proclaim perfection in the name of Jesus perfection to those ears in the name of Jesus perfection lay, lay your hands on it we'll, we'll speak perfection see God's power is not just for announcement and recounting and all of that is real is able in this moment will speak perfection in the name of Jesus Christ able says all things and finally last one he is able to make all grace abound all grace second Corinthians 9 verse 8 second Corinthians 9 verse 8 says and God is able to make all grace 
What's it trying to say? <laughs> Give him a feedback, my hack man. When it says all grace, do you know that means that there are grace in levels and doses? Paul says, grace was given me to the Gentiles as grace was given to Peter for the Jews. How many of you know that God sent Peter to the Jews, but he could have extended his ministry to the Gentiles? Do you know that? Because in Acts 10, God said to Peter, arise and kill. And Peter says, me? I've never eaten anything unclean. And God said, do not call unclean what I've called clean. Do you know what? God was beginning to open the door of ministries, uh, Peter's ministry to the Gentiles. Because it was sent to Cornelius, who was a major principality. And if Peter, without objection or interrogation, had gone to Cornelius, he also would have had grace for the Gentile nations. Why would God express his grace to the Jews first? Because grace is resource that needs to be stewarded. When you're faithful with the dimension of grace, God gives you more. God gives you more. God gives you more. God gives you more. Do you know there's the grace of giving? It's in the same passage. The grace of giving. The way God gives you grace in an area, if you're faithful with it, grace can grow. What is grace? Is the effect of God, is the impact of God, is the willingness of God to identify with that situation, with you in that situation and that issue. It is the power of God that covers and bridges the gap, bridges the gap, that bridges you into the power of God. He says that God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always, somebody say, all grace. So that you always having all sufficiency in how many things how many alls do you have there all grace always all sufficiency that you may abound this one says have an abundance for every good work What's the primary work of God? The man will believe in the Son. The primary work of God is salvation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. But that's not the only work of God. That's why it calls every good work here. Is somebody here? So when you have a good work, or you have a desire to do something good. How many of you have been frustrated before? Somebody was suffering and you just couldn't help. You wish you could help. That's grace. That's grace. God is not just able to save to the uttermost, not just able to raise up, not just able to establish, not just able to keep, not just able to perform, not just able to ex exceed expectations. He's also able to make all grace abound. I'm going to make some declarations in this moment that in this month of December, we will experience the grace of God like never before. Like never before. You know that there are different expressions of grace. There is saving grace. There is keeping grace. You can grow in grace. There is exceeding grace. Let the different dimensions of grace be unveiled for you. Let the dimensions of grace be unlocked for you. It says, if anyone speak, let them speak as the oracles of God. If anyone minister, let them minister according to the grace that has been given. May you in the season begin to explore the grace you've been given. The grace you've been given. The grace you've been given. Just as a measure or the measure of faith was given to you at salvation. The measure of faith. And you can grow in faith. Grace was given to you in salvation, but you can also grow in grace. I pray that from today you begin to grow radically in grace. You grow beyond your limits. You grow beyond your history. You grow beyond your past. You grow beyond your limitations. You grow beyond your excuses. Like Abraham believed God hoping against hope. You believe God in spite of how desperate that situation is. You will not believe your body. You believe your God. You do not believe your failures, your struggles, your issues, your shortcomings. You believe your God. In the name of Jesus, can we pray in the spirit for one minute? Grace, grace, grace.
God doesn't just want to have enough for every good work. He wants you to have an abundance. An abundance. An abundance. An abundance. God wants to be able to look at children on your street. Say you don't have accommodation. I'm taking you to that house in Ikeja. That house in Bagada. I'll pay for it. That's abundance for every good work. How about time? I don't know about you, but these days I don't have time for a lot of things. But God wants me to have an abundance of time as well. For the things that matter. For the things that matter. Please, can you join me? Look for one person and pray for them as you hold their hands. Let's do this in 90 seconds. Pray from your heart. Lord, let there be an unleashing of an outpouring of an abundance of grace. Do you know what the Bible says? Romans chapter 5 verse 17. He said, they who receive the gift. Sorry. They that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. So to reign in life, you don't just need the gift of righteousness. You need the abundance of grace. He said, we have received of his fullness. Grace for grace. John 1, 16 to 17. When Moses came the Lord. But through Jesus came grace. Came grace. Grace, grace. Great grace. Great grace. Your grace. Grace, grace. Grace, 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 God's grace, 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 tap that lady for me praying intensely the lady with a bag yes ma'am the Lord wants me to tell you that he's sending you help this week somebody has been appointed to you he's sending many of us helpers but you need to hear that he's sending you help this week be sensitive in the spirit the Lord might ask you to fast to wait on him to, to increase your sensitivity he's doing that for you in the name of Jesus 
I see something. I see Lamida, you're like with a ledger in front of you, and some things are not adding up or balanced. And I don't know whether it's financial or otherwise, but God says it's going to add up. It's going to add up. It's going to add up. God is opening up wells, channels, rivers, chambers. You will not end the year in drudgery and fatigue. You will end the year in strength and in boldness in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Glorify your Father this morning. on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.